Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. So today we're going to talk about God's goodness in the barren seasons. And in the, this season of the church, I love that I feel like we have such a good revelation of God's goodness. There's so many songs that sing about his goodness, and it's come from extreme revelation. And um, I love getting to see people experience God's goodness. But what I've realized um, in the past year is that it's really easy to know that God is good in the good seasons, but it's really hard to remember that he's good in the hard seasons. And when you're going through those hard seasons, those barren seasons, it's essential that you stand firm on the goodness of the Lord. And you have to realize that your circumstances, just because they changed, God didn't change. He is who he's always said he is. And so today I just kind of want to give you guys some tips for whenever you go through these hard seasons for you to stand strong in the knowledge of the Lord. Um, Today, I want to talk about Hannah. How many of you guys know the story of Hannah? If you've been coming for a while, yeah, Hannah Massa. No, I'm just kidding. She's a girl in the church, but um, shout out because she's going to listen to me today. So, hey, Hannah. Um, she's not here with us. But um, the story of Hannah, if you don't know it, it's really the beginning of the story of King David. His story starts with the story of Hannah. And Hannah was married to this man named Elkanah, and um, he was also married to this woman named Penina. Now, Elkanah loved Hannah more than he loved Penina. That's why we don't marry two people, because you're going to love someone more. Let's be honest, okay? So um, I'm so glad that I'm the one that my husband loves the most. So, um, But Penina, she was a very fruitful woman, and she just popped out the babies. And Hannah over here... She couldn't produce any children. She was barren. And in those times, if you were barren, then you were seen as cursed by God. And so everyone is seeing Penina, and they're like, oh, you're so blessed. And Hannah's over here, and she's, she's cursed to society. And um, it says in the word in 1 Samuel 1-7 that so it went on year by year that she couldn't have a child. And Penina kept having children. Can you imagine how hard it was for her? All Hannah wanted was to be a mother. And all she saw was, quote unquote, her enemy um, having children and being blessed from the Lord. And so um, back in the time that Hannah lived, um, you would go to the temple and you would give sacrifices to the Lord and um, pray in the temple. And so the whole family, Penina, all the children, Elkanah, they went to the temple to give um, sacrifices to the Lord. And it says that the whole time that she was there, she couldn't eat or drink because she was so upset. I don't know about you, but I know that I have gone through times in my life where I've been so upset about something that I literally can't eat or drink because I know that I'm going to vomit everywhere. And I feel like that's kind of where Hannah was at. She was so upset about the Lord not giving her a child that she literally could not eat or drink. And so it says um, 
that in 1 Samuel 1, 11, that she went to the temple and she was praying to the Lord. And it says that she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of my, his life and no razor shall touch his head. So she's saying, Lord, if you give me the son that I'm crying out and I'm praying for, then I will give him right back to you and he's yours. All I want is to be a mother. All I want is to bear a child. And then um, Eli, who's the priest at the time, he thinks that she is drunk, which is impossible because she hasn't been eating or drinking, right? So he comes up to her and he's like, you need to get out of here, woman. You can't act like that. How many of you guys have said that? Like, you can't do that in church. What are you doing? Like, right? I mean, he's everywhere. I don't know why we say that, but it's holy, right? It's holy ground. So they're, they're like, he's like, you can't be drunk in here. You need to leave. And she's like, no, 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 I'm not drunk. Here's my situation. And she explains her situation to Eli. And he says, you know what? In First uh, Samuel 1, 17, he says to her, go in peace and the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made to him. And he's pretty much saying, what you've been praying for, the, Lord, the Lord's going to do it for you. And in, and then it says in due time, she had a child. It wasn't immediately. In the Bible, a lot of times, if you look at Luke, when the Lord does miracles, it's always immediately. And in her circumstance, she had to go through a process. But it's still so good. She had a child, right? Like she got what she was praying for. And I read this and I think, Lord, you're so good. Like, thank you for providing and fulfilling your promise to her. But I also see that Whenever you're, whenever the Lord fulfills your promise, after a fulfilled promise, there's always a barren season before. And the Lord wants you to walk through that process. Now, barrenness, a lot of people, you hear that word and you think you can't have a baby. True. You can't have a baby if you're barren. But also, barrenness really just means unproductive or you can't produce what your body is made to produce or you're not producing what you should be producing. So for a woman, if you're barren, a woman's body is made to have children. Whether you choose to have children or you can't have children, your body, you have everything to make a child, right? So if you can't have a child, you're barren. The seeds are there, if you get what I mean. And so you can have a baby. But... There's also, whenever you're talking about a land, if a land is barren, the farmer has planted the seeds, he's done what he's needed to do, but the land just won't produce what it's supposed to produce. And a lot of times in our life, we come through seasons where we aren't producing or being who the Lord has called us to be. And so you may not be barren how Hannah was barren. You may be barren how Hannah is barren. But in all of our barren places, the Lord wants to take us from that barrenness, barrenness, and he wants to put us in his rich blessing. That is always his plan for us. But we have to remember that in these seasons, it is a process. It's not just, all right, it wasn't for Hannah. The Lord said, okay, Eli spoke to her and said, all right, you're going to have a child. And then she walks out and she's nine months pregnant. No, it's a process, right? And so Today, I just want to give you some tips of what to do in the process to just stay firm in the Lord. Um, When we're in the process, we have a choice. We can choose to cling to the Lord, or you can choose to abandon him. A lot of times, abandoning him is a lot easier than pushing through and believing that what he said is true, even when all your circumstances say it's not, right? So today, I'm going to give you five tips. It's going to be pretty simple and self-explanatory, but we're going to do it. So the first thing for, that we see in Hannah's situation is that she prayed. Um, in 1 Samuel 1.10, it says that she was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. Now, 
I don't know how you guys study the Bible, but when I study it, a lot of times I use Strong's Concordance. Does anyone know what that is? Of course, all the Bible students say yes. We had to do that. So what it is is that we all know that the Bible was not written in English. If you didn't know, you know. I know. It's quite a revelation. Um, I know. Probably. Um, (laughs) And so... A lot of times there are sayings in different languages that don't exactly translate into our language. So, for instance, my husband is Hispanic, which I love. He's great. But when he speaks to his family, it's in Spanish. And we're going there this weekend, so I've been brushing up on my Spanish because I want to understand what the heck they're saying. And so, um, a lot of times, Nate will be talking to his parents, and he'll say something in Spanish, and he will bust out laughing. And I'm like... I'll lean over to him and I'll be like, babe, what did they just say? What'd you just say? I want to laugh. I want to be in on this. And he's like, you know what, Brooke? Like, it doesn't really translate to English. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) And so it's a lot like that in Strong's Concordance. It tells you exactly what they mean in the original text. Because if they really translated it word for word, we would have no clue what the Bible's trying to tell us. So when I looked up, um, the word in that verse, wept, really stood out to me. And I wanted to know, because you know a lot of times we cry. Women, we understand this. We cry and there's different kinds of cries. There's like, I'm really mad at you cry, and it kind of burns, you know? And then there's like, there's like the, I'm so sad, my heart's hurting cry. I wanted to know what kind of cry Hannah was having. And so the cry that she said, that it says, When it says wept, when I looked it up in the Strong's Concordance, it meant to express deep disappointment. Hannah was disappointed that the Lord had not fulfilled his promise to her, right? And so um, the key when you are in barrenness is to stay honest with the Lord. Hannah didn't not bring that to the Lord. She said, you know what, Lord? I'm so disappointed. I am so disappointed that I don't have a kid and that's all I want. And I've gone by year after year and I've been faithful to you and I haven't seen your promise and I'm disappointed. And she was real with him. Now, I'm gonna tell you guys a little story because we all know I'm not perfect. So Um, when I was 16, I started having like really bad pains in my body. And it's to where the to the point where I literally could not function. Like I couldn't go to school, couldn't go to work. And when I went to Christ for the Nations, you know, they're all about healing and I love healing and it's amazing. And so I would, every time they prayed for healing, I'd be like, me, 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 please, 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 I want to be healed. And I would stand firm. I'd say, you know what? I know that I'm healed. I know that the Lord has already paid for my healing. And it's true, he has. But I didn't see healing in my body immediately, like Luke says, immediately. And so... I got so discouraged, but I felt like in that season, if I told the Lord that I was discouraged or disappointed, I wasn't having faith. But the reality was when I didn't tell him the truth, I was allowing bitterness to take root in me. So a lot of times in these seasons where you're not seeing the Lord do what he's promised he's going to do, you have to be honest with him because if you're not, you're going to get bitter, right? And I don't know about you, but It hurts when you're bitter towards the Lord. And so one day I was here at our Saturday night worship and all of a sudden the Lord spoke to me and he said, Brooke, you're bitter towards me because you haven't seen your healing in your body yet. And I was like, yeah, I really am. And I have been graduated from CFNI for three years. And I was like, I have been holding on to that bitterness towards the Lord for three years. and I didn't even know about it. And so of course, you know, I cried those disappointed tears. And, um, 
I was able to just be real with the Lord. And then there was no divide between him and I, right? And so it's so essential for us to be honest with him because guess what, guys? He already knows. When you're being honest to him, it's not for you. I mean, it's not for him, it's for you, right? It's so that you have nothing that is keeping you from the Lord. And so the first thing we see Hannah do is obviously pray. But the second thing is she sits and she listens. And for us, it's Holy Spirit's, you know, speaking to us or through somebody to us. But in those times, Jesus hadn't come and torn the veil that kept us from God, right? And so when Jesus was here, the disciples were so upset. They were like, Jesus, please don't leave. And Jesus told them, no, I have to leave because what I'm sending is better than myself. I'm sending Holy Spirit, right? And so he left, Holy Spirit came in us. We're so lucky. I'm so thankful that I have Holy Spirit. But in those times of Hannah, they didn't have Holy Spirit in them. Holy Spirit would come upon people and speak through people, right? So I believe that when Eli said to Hannah in 1 Samuel 117, he said, go in peace in the God of Israel, uh, will grant your petition that you made to him. I feel like Eli was speaking truth to her and saying, what the Lord has told you is going to happen. And I really believe that Hannah took that as a seed and um, believed that that was true. In your barren seasons, you have to allow yourself to get alone with the Lord and allow him to speak truth to your heart. Because in these seasons, when you're not seeing God fulfill what he's promised to fulfill, you can get so discouraged and so disappointed. And it's kind of like in, in marriage, if you're not married in any relationship, when you get really upset with somebody because they're not doing what they promised or whatever, you go to them and you say, oh, I'm so mad at you. What if you just were like yelling at them, getting so upset with them, and you put it all on the table and that's good, but then you walk away and you don't even hear what they have to say. That's kind of what we do with God sometimes. We get to him and we're like, Lord, I'm so mad that you didn't answer that prayer. And that's good. Be real with him. Don't hold it in. But sit and listen. Because what he has to say is going to take all of that disappointment, take all of those lies and cast them to the side. And he's going to speak truth to your heart. And I have been through many seasons where I've believed those lies. And you guys, I don't want you to go through that because it's not fun. So... Just sit and listen to the Lord because he wants to talk to you. He wants to encourage you in those hard seasons. So the first thing is pray. The second thing is sit and listen. The third thing is to worship. We see in 1 Samuel 1.19, um, it says that early the next morning, after Eli had spoken this truth to her, they arose and worshiped before the Lord and then went back to their home in Ramah. And so... Even though Hannah hadn't seen her promise fulfilled, she still knew that God was worthy of her praise, right? He is always worthy. I think that she understood that worship precedes victory. And I know that that has been so true in my life. And there's this story in the Bible that I just love. It's 2 Chronicles 20, 21 through 22. And it's King Jehoshaphat. And these these three kingdoms are coming against him. And he's like, I'm I'm going to be crushed. I'm going to be creamed. We're going to be dead because we can't fight them. And so he calls the whole city and he says, you guys, we've got to fast. We've got to pray or we're dying. Okay. So you get your kids, you grab everyone. We're going to pray. We're going to fast. And so Jeho- King Jehoshaphat, somebody gets a word from the Lord and speaks it to him. And um, it says, and when he had taken counsel from the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire as they went before the army and said, 
give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, and um, who had come against Judah. And so they were defeated. And so King Jehoshaphat knew, I have to worship before. The Lord had told him, all you have to do is worship and I will bring the victory. You don't even have to fight. That's what he said. And so in our lives, whenever it gets hard and it gets tough, that is when the Lord deserves our worship because we know that hard times are gonna come. The Bible never said, Jesus never said, oh, come to me and your life will be a breeze. That's not in the Bible. I'm so sorry to tell you that. <laughs> but um, he, you're gonna have hard times. Life is life, no matter if you're living it with Jesus or not. I'm, I'd rather live it with Jesus because it's going to be better, but you're going to have life no matter what. And so for me, I know that in those seasons, God is still worthy of praise. You see, if God was worthy of praise before Judah had the victory, then he was worthy during the war, right? And he was worthy after the victory too, because the word says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he was good then, then he's good now when I'm in my hard season and he's good when I'm done, right? He's always the same. He doesn't change. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that he doesn't. I'm so thankful that I have something to plant my feet firmly on and know that it's never gonna move, right? And so the key to lasting in barren seasons is to keep your vision of God certain. Don't let what happens in your life shift your view of him. It's so easy. It's so easy when you're encountering the waves to just say, you know what, Jesus, I can't do this anymore. (laughs) I know I've been there. Like, I know I've been, I know because I've been there. But you have to keep your view of him certain. And every time you start to feel lies of the enemy come, you worship him. Because guess what? He's still worthy, right? He's still worthy of your worship. He's still worthy of your praise. And I'm so thankful for that. Um, So after you worship, the fourth thing to remember is that it's okay to not be okay. And if no one's ever told you that before, I'm going to tell you. It's okay to not be okay. I feel like if you don't know me, I'm going to let you on a little secret about myself. I am a 120% perfectionist. That's horrible thing sometimes. And so for me, I feel like I always have to have my life together. Always. Like somebody can't see me upset. Because everyone knows Brooke's a little bundle of joy, and I am. And I'm so thankful the Lord has given me joy. But sometimes I'm not happy. You, My husband can attest to this. I get hangry. If you've seen me hangry, I'm not okay in those moments. But it's okay to not be okay. What's not okay is to not take those feelings to the Lord and submit them to him. In 1 Samuel 1.18, it says, Then the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. That shows us, when I was in school which I loved school. Um, I was that nerdy type and I wore it proudly. Um, I loved school. And in school, they taught me that if, if, if you're reading something and there's a question and it doesn't tell you in, in the text, you read around and you get the answer, right? So you read the sentence before, you read the sentence after, and it'll give you an answer. So in this, it says that it may not have said that Hannah wasn't okay, but we know that her face was sad. Like, she, her face was sad. She was so sad. And I don't know about you, but there's this one time I, I was on a mission trip and I prayed for this lady and y'all, she looked like 60 years old. Her face 
was so, she just had worn so much on her shoulders that it literally, you could see it on her face. And I know I've seen people like that. I am, and when we prayed for her, the joy of the Lord came and it was amazing. And she looked 40 years old. Like, I'm not kidding. She, just the weight of what she'd been bearing completely just showed on her face. And I don't, I'm not the kind of person who shows what I feel on my face, but I know people who do. And I feel like Hannah was one of those people. And so when they, I, I don't know, but I feel like it. Um, and so it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to be disappointed like Hannah was disappointed. And it's okay to be angry at God for certain things. But what is not okay, guys, is to sit in that anger, in that disappointment. It's not okay to, to not bring that to the, to the Lord. So if you're feeling those things, you go and you take it to him. I'm telling you, it's okay if you're not okay. But don't stay in that. Don't just say, oh, well, Pastor Brooke said it's okay if I'm not okay, so I'm just going to stay here. No, I'm not telling you to stay there. I'm just telling you, don't beat yourself up if you're not okay. But go and take it to the Lord. It's a circle. So, like, you're not okay? Go and pray. Sit and listen and worship, you know? So it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to not take those feelings that the Lord has not meant for you and bring it to him, right? So... After you realize that it's okay to not be okay, the fifth thing is to stand firm on your history with God. Okay? Don't let one unanswered prayer or one uh, unfulfilled promise keep you away from months or even years of time with the Lord. You have a history with him, right? So Hannah had many years. It says year after year she was barren. She had many years of choosing to trust in the Lord. Hannah's faith was sturdy upon the father, right? She knew, you know what? I've prayed for this child, and yes, I'm disappointed, but I know that you've done it for them, and I know you're going to do it for me. You, you have to understand, when Hannah, when Hannah was barren, she already knew the story of Abraham and Sarah, right? That's the one I think of the most is like, oh, you can't have a baby. Abraham and Sarah, they had it at like a hundred. Like that's a miracle. But you know, Hannah had that truth to stand upon. There's this song that I love and it's like, I remember, I'm not going to sing. I remember your faithfulness to Noah. I remember your faithfulness to Moses. I remember your faithfulness to David. I remember your faithfulness to me. And anytime I'm feeling distraught, I, I remember that song because I'm like, Lord, you were faithful to them. I know you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? So if you were faithful to them, you're going to be faithful to me. And you're going to do what you said you were going to do, no matter how crazy it is, right? And so for Hannah, her time put in praying and worshiping and being real with the Lord set her foundation of what she believed to be true in her hard times. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be shaken when hard times come. Um, for me, I hadn't had a hard time come since I knew the Lord until this last year. And when it came, I really started questioning the Lord. And I was a pastor at a church, you guys. And I know, but I was just like, Lord, you said you're good. And I've seen your goodness. It's pretty good. But why in this circumstance? This circumstance is not good at all. How can you still be good in this circumstance? Well, it's because he doesn't change. Our circumstances do, right? He's always going to be good. Now, I love Romans 8, 28, and it says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. Now, if you're saved and you love Jesus, 
you are called according to his purpose. So, he works all things for your good. So whatever you're going through right now, he's going to work it for good, right? And so, it may be an unfulfilled call in your life. The Lord promised you something, and you're not moving in it yet. It could be that you're going to have a child, and you don't have it yet. Whatever that unfulfilled promise is, he's going to do it if he said he's going to do it. He's not a man that he should lie, like Pastor Leslie said when she was worshiping today. He's not a man that he will lie. So if he said it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And you guys, I kind of left the best part for last, so you're welcome. Samuel, 1 Samuel 2.21 says, Indeed, the Lord visited Hannah, and she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters, and the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. Now, we know that Hannah had her son, right? And we were like, oh, that's awesome, yay. But guess what? The Lord didn't stop there. He gave her three more sons and two more daughters. It doesn't show in the word that she prayed for that. But he blessed her more than he, she could ever imagine. And in our lives, that's what God does. God it always exceeds our expectations, right? And so for me, I'm going to tell you a little story. Because I'm still walking through my barren season. I'm only 24. So I got a while to go. So I have to remind myself that. Like, Lord, if you promise me something, I still got probably, I'm going to believe like 80 some years left. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to be 100. And so, um, unless the Lord comes back sooner. So for me, when I was 17 years old, I got saved. Um, I didn't get saved at a youth camp or at even a church. I was at my school, and one of my friends, he had gotten saved over the summer, and um, we both got put in a class we weren't supposed to be in. If you know me at all, I'm not athletic, and I got put in tennis, so that was fun, and I couldn't, <laughs> I can't play, so I just had to sit on the bench the whole time, but so did he, and it was totally the Lord, and it was awesome, and every day, Oscar would tell me about the Lord, and let me tell you guys, I remember telling him, Oscar, I went to church when I was eight, and I think I know, so I don't need you to tell me about Jesus right now. And I didn't want the Lord. I thought I had him. And so one day, Oscar came up to me, and he said, you know what, Brooke? I've been praying for you, and I feel like the Lord told me that you are going to be, you're going to teach little kids to dance, and you're going to lead worship. And I was like, okay, you know, kept my composure. And when I got home, I was like, oh my gosh, because I had been a dancer since I was five and a competitive dancer. And I always wanted to be a dance teacher. I remember being like seven and making up full routines and giving these imaginary people lines and different places to go. I wanted to do that so bad, but at my studio, I wasn't good enough to teach. So I just kind of let that dream go to the side, right? And a lot of people didn't know I could sing because I was a little bit embarrassed because I was like, well, I'm not that good. And so, but secretly in my room, I had a karaoke machine and I would practice Kelly Clarkson's American Idol winning song. And I was going to take that to American Idol and I was going to be the next Carrie Underwood because I like Carrie Underwood a little more than Kelly Clarkson. Sorry. I mean, Carrie Underwood can sing, y'all. Woo. I want to sound like Carrie Underwood. Just kidding. Um, and so for me, when he spoke that, it was straight to my heart, straight to the desires of my heart that I would tell no one because I didn't think I was good enough. And so I went, I took that 
and it was a seed deeply planted in my heart. And I was like, Lord, I know this is what you made me for at that moment. And um, I got to lead worship a little bit. And then I went to Christ for the Nations. And if you don't know Christ for the Nations, guys, everyone goes there to lead worship. And they're all rock stars. So I'm there and I'm like, Haha, I'm going to be a missionary. <laughs> Because there, they don't care if I sing bad. I can sing really bad there, right? And they don't even speak my language. I'm good. Um, But really, I was ready to like up and go to the mission field. And when it came to my third year where I had to choose what major I was going to be in, I was like, Lord, I really feel like you want me to go into youth major. So I did youth major instead of worship major. And I married Nathan. And Nathan is amazing at worship, right? The Lord has anointed him with worship. And I knew that the Lord had put us together because of that. But for the whole time we've been married, we haven't led worship together because no opportunity has come about, right? And I remember, I have cried many times to my husband, those tears of disappointment. Like, Lord, why did you give me this dream if I'm never gonna be able to do it? Why? Why did you give me this desire to lead worship if I'm never going to get to do it, right? And about two months ago, Nate and I finally got to lead worship together. There were three people here because it was our Saturday night. And as I was worshiping, I was like, Lord, I know this is what I'm meant to do. And the Lord just kept telling me, Brooke, you're my songbird, okay? Whether Whether I lead to millions of people or I lead to just three people, It doesn't matter because that's what the Lord had created me for. And I knew in that moment, if this is just one time, if this is just one time of seeing his promise in my life fulfilled, I can't imagine what the other five will be. You know what I mean? The other five children, it's going to exceed any of my expectations. And I'm so thankful that it's not just he fulfills his promise and then it's over. No, he keeps fulfilling his promises for you. Hey guys, Pastor Josh here. I want to thank you for tuning into our podcast, whether you do that through our app or listen every week, or you're just listening for the first time. Hey, if the podcast is a blessing to you, if you would, you know, mention us on social media at OverflowDFW or hashtag OverflowDFW. We'd love to hear how we're being an encouragement to you. You can also email us at OverflowDFW at gmail.com.